they send their students into um, the competition, they will get the kudos of creating a pathway for their students to become movie stars. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. Hi, this is George Free. Welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast, episode number 36. I'm really excited to have a guest on board again with us today, who is Mr. Graham Slater. Now, this interview could have gone a lot of directions, but we focused on insurance, protecting yourself as a martial arts school owner. We, we also discussed marketing and a really, really exciting venture that they have going with a video, a video production show where you as the martial arts school owner can really benefit from. So listen out for that. We really just, we, we go into details with that towards the end of the episode. And I also have to apologize to Graham because I made a bit of a blunder and I've done this once before and I caught it in time, but I'm definitely going to adjust my process with what happened. So let me fill you in. The The way I normally do the podcast interviews, I've never really met the guest. So you know, when we start talking on Skype, we have a bit of a chit chat and get to know each other. And the conversation easily gets carried away. And I forgot to clearly mention that we are not actually recording the podcast yet. And the conversation kept rolling. And about 30, 40 minutes in, I actually realized that we have made a mistake and that Graham was actually under the impression that we've already been recording. And we have, we started then from that point. So because the story was just, you know, there was so much shared in the first 30, 40 minutes, what I've decided to do is actually give you the raw, uncut conversation that I was having with Graham. And at the end of the show... If you keep on listening after the music, the, the outro music plays out, the raw conversation between me and Graham will be added onto that. Okay, so a bit of a bonus for you. We So we cover a lot, a lot of ground. So this is a bit of a longer episode if you listen to it all the way through. But we recorded the, the podcast as an episode, which is kind of the normal length, and cover everything in that. And then at the end, you will also get the bonus as such. All right. So I hope you enjoy that. I'm going to jump into this. Uh, just a couple of things. Of course, the show notes are at martialartsmedia.com forward slash 36. So that would be the number 36. And a few other exciting things that I'll mention at the end of the show. But first and foremost, let's jump into the interview. And please welcome to the show, Graham Slater. Good day, everyone. Today I have with me Graham Slater, all the way from Melbourne. And Graham has, I'm already planning episode two, the, the part two follow-up of this interview, because there's lots that we can discuss. But welcome to the show, Graham. Uh, thank, thanks, George. Thanks for uh, allowing me on the show. 
All right, awesome. So I've got a bit of a background now of, of just, you know, how you got started and so forth. But do you mind sharing just how you got started in the industry from the get-go? Oh, okay. I, I suppose, look, a, a bit of my story is around uh, uh, on the websites. But, you know, I started around back in 1973 in the UK, in Liverpool, just from books. And then I started into, into Goju Karate. Um, there's a lot of gang warfare um, from there. So there's lots of uh, attacks random attacks, uh, you know, you'd experience on a, almost on a daily basis. So the whole um, the whole mindset was really on self-preservation, you know, what you could do to defend yourself and what really worked. Um, from that, I came to um, Australia in 1975. And fortunately, I moved, uh, found a Kyokushin Karate School, which is, which is just fitting for me because we did full contact in the UK and it was allowed me to do that. I don't think I could have done that because I wasn't a particularly aggressive guy and um, uh, I wasn't a big guy, but, um, you know, I was hardened by that initial environment. So that helped me get through that. So I did that for about four years. But alongside that, I was doing uh, kickboxing and uh, Kenshin Ken and uh, other styles. And my friends were doing Aikido and Jiu-Jitsu. So I was playing around with that um, through that period of time. And then uh, I was training with one guy in, in after Kyokushin and so forth, and he um, he said to me, well, "Why don't you open up your own school?" I said, "Well, I'm only a brown belt, and uh, I had, you know, I was really just doing the training for myself, and all of a sudden I was thrust out to open up a new school, and I did that on his behalf, and and then I found that people enjoyed it, and uh, more people joined, and then he said to me, "Look, uh, my instructor said, look, I'm I'm leaving. You can have my two schools as well. So I inherited two other schools, so I couldn't actually." learn from other people because I was teaching four nights a week. So uh, I stuck with that for a while. And then I got disgruntled and I was going to pack it all in because um, I wasn't learning anything. I was just teaching. And then uh, I met a, another group who had a, a Japanese sensei. And before I knew it, I was um, go, going over to uh, Japan. But uh, just before that, I got into the gym industry and I was uh, a full-time aerobics instructor, gym instructor, as long as a martial arts instructor. So I was training really six hours a day plus. And that really prepared me for that Japan trip. And um, so when I was over there, it completely changed my life because the, the training there was so harsh, uh, so repetitive, so intense that uh, when I came back, I thought I had to train differently. I was inspired and then um, I continued training and in uh, Shotokai Karate, mainly focusing on that for that period of time. And then around about 1990, uh, separated from my, from my teacher, and um, I didn't have another teacher, and I was really just a, a ronin looking around for more education and training. So I started training with other instructors, knocking on the door, say, hey, I'm Graham, can I train with you? And um, you know, some were receptive, some weren't. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I started teaching other schools uh, as well, just randomly on special concepts here and overseas. Um, and in 93, um, I opened up schools in the UK as well. and um, then um, I opened up also the uh, Karate Alliance, which um, would allow us to train with other people and have regular instructor meetings, which is really part of, I was, you know, thinking of myself, of, uh, of learning. And then um, we in incorporated the Martial Arts Alliance, which allowed more people from other disciplines to come in who were reluctant as a karate organization. And then um, we launched Martial Arts Australia to focus on uh, the needs of instructors in Australia. Um, I didn't, a lot of this was not really intentional. It's really more just for my own 
enjoyment to be able to, to learn from other martial arts people in, in a formal practice. Um, but we found that um, in all these conversations, the underlying thing, business support, you know, what do we do for insurance? You know, how do we get gradings? Uh, what are the tools are there to market my school? How can I raise my profile? So all these questions were coming up and, you know, I had a, a marketing background. I had a, you know, a business background in a few areas. I thought uh, maybe we should discuss it, you know, and, and that's what we did. And, and um, I found that the needs got greater and it took more of my time and I had to make a decision. Do I close my schools um, or and, you know, and focus on the, the, the needs of school owners uh, or do the, do the opposite? But I thought if I can help school owners do a better job to grow the community that is me doing a better job for the community because just teaching in a school i can only influence i can only positively influence people in my local community and i wanted more than that i wanted to help more people and the way i could do that and i haven't got all the time to go to different countries and do that personally so i thought how can i how can i do what i really want to do um so if i help instructors and i put on the right path and enable them and empower them, that's a lot easier. So that's what I do now. Um, I do that in the ways that they need. And because I speak with instructors all day, every day, you know, if I probably be in touch with or communicate with probably 1,000, 1,500 school owners in, in, a, in a month. So I get a lot of stories. You know, I don't always talk to them uh, verbally, um, but um, I communicate with so many people. And their stories, and that's why I've influenced that. And by listening to them, we've introduced all the services that we do right now. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Awesome. So, so Graham, with, with speaking with so many martial arts instructors and, and being so in touch with the industry, what is sort of the common, the common problem, the, the common story that, that always comes up? Uh, it's a good question because it's, it's actually in uh, multiple parts because you've got people who are just opening up a school or got a small school, 25 people are the hobbyist. You've got people who are the 100, 150 are hoping to go to 250, 300. And then you've got these bigger schools around the 500 uh, to 1,000 or more. Those guys don't need so, so much. They, they're actually doing a you know, really good job. So um, down at the lower end, the uh, the, the people who are just starting up, they don't generally have a, a not confident in their curriculum, their grading system, their their obligation to uh, OHNS, um, their insurance requirements, um, how to how to improve their skill to to know that they should keep ongoing skill searching and not just stay where they are. So that's where they are, and we can help them quite easily on it with some very to me very basic elements. We'll get them on the way. And when they get to the next level, we have a different conversation. And it's the same with the in-between in people. Uh, but also, we don't, I don't have all the skills, and I don't have um, – there's a lot of people that – a lot of school owners have got the fundamental skills of uh, the total inner management of their school and the staff training and the protocols. See, I don't bet down to that because people who do that a lot better, it's, it's stepping outside of that in the general marketing business structure that I come in and uh, introduce services that make the management of their school a lot easier, uh, put perspective. And when I don't know something, and I think there's a great expert, I'll introduce people to a great expert who will say, hey, you should learn from this guy. 
He's offering to give you this and you should learn that. And other resources that are available, I'll put people in touch with that. So I'm really enabling them to to find what they're looking for, even if we don't have it ourselves. That's why we use a lot of third party people who uh, we trust and prefer. And, um, you know, that way we can give it everything onto the one stop shop. So hopefully I answered that. Yes, for sure. So, so. And, and what I'm hearing is, you know, the, you, you're not so much into the, the nuts and the bolts as such, but more in the bigger, uh, sort of a more 30,000-foot view of how the business should work and join together. Is it, does that sound about right? Yeah. So, look, instructors, I feel, need to look at each other. They need to learn from each other. So, it's you know, that is like a... A circle of knowledge you should learn. Don't think of about you in st- other schools as your competition, your enemy. Think of that. that there's an, a, the circles that I'm going with locally are very much uh, the opposite. They're all they're all thinking. Sorry, they're all thinking that they're all friends and they're all doing that and they're accepting and, and they share the knowledge so readily. And that you know, one school across here will say, you know what, I did to get this so many people. I did this campaign and it really worked. But what I do find is I give people a marketing perspective. There's the old type of marketing with flyers and so forth. And you say, well, look, you know, that used to work, you know, and the percentage was actually quite low then. But in some circles in Queensland, that actually still works. But I don't know where it works in other places. And you say, well, actually, people complain about how much they got to spend. And I say, you know, it's a lot easier now to get students into your school than it used to be. And you don't even have to leave, leave your lounge room. So all the social media and so forth. But people don't know how to do that, and that's forever changing. So I, I just put people into the reality of uh, of these are the things that are available to you, and it's really easy to find. But also not to have unrealistic expectations uh, of you. You're not going to go from zero to hero in five seconds. You've got to put the work in. And if you haven't got a proper curriculum, you haven't got advancements and you haven't got systems in place and staff support and, and a marketing campaign that you keep working on. And if you're finding that you're spending more time on the books and not on the floor where you, your heart's not in it. So you have to look at constantly be changing and uh, making sure that you do something for yourself each day. Um, so I suppose I'm, I'm in the mentoring spe- uh, aspect. And I say to them, look, you need to protect your assets. And they go, how do we do it? Well, you need to have insurance. You know? And a lot of people don't know um, how exposed they are they could lose their house, they could lose this, and random people can come in to their school and not even train at their school, yet sue them. And we've got a number of cases. So I put the reality check in it. We're not sort of um, uh, alarming them, but saying, look, you need to put protocols in place like instant reporting. You need to have a, a proper attendance register. So if that person attended or didn't attend or said he attended, you can say that no one attended of that name on this day. Because I've got one at the moment where, <laughs> where it's happened. So some things that they don't know about protecting their asset in school and um, because we hear, I mean, insurance. So we hear the risk factors, we hear the stories, and I want to put solutions in place so they don't, never have to go down that pathway. That's so, what we're doing. Yeah. Awesome. So, so, I mean, that insurance aspect goes a long way because obviously you need to, yes, you protect your assets and so forth, but then, as you say, you know, you've got, you know, you're working with kids and you're working with students and there could be accidents and there could be, situation to deal with so you've got that aspect as well where i guess you can get sued and 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 have those type of implications so how do you prepare people for 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 that well we give them risk management manuals we give them waiver forms instant reporting uh we have got training courses that uh, cover that um 
you know, we just encourage them that, you know, ask your instructor. If you're you're leaving your instructor, you're working with your instructor, you open up a school, I said, well, you're obviously you're taught by somebody. But what I'm finding is the school owners aren't teaching the students before they go out and teach or they're leaving early and they haven't grasped that. They haven't they haven't looked for that. They didn't know what they needed to know to run a business. Um, so that's the, the major issue with, with a lot of schools. And some of them have been, you know, I've got 25 years of martial arts training. I'm okay. Uh, but do you know that you're supposed to have first aid? Do you know you need to work in with children? Check. You know, you could be fined, uh, you know, $25,000 or five years imprisonment. For no. Well, do you know, you, you know, so there's a lot of people that you, they say, oh, I've got, you know, all these years of experience in martial arts, but they don't have any business sense. And um, they say, I'm qualified. Well, how are you qualified? Yeah. Every day I'm speaking to people and I have to ask them about their qualifications. And some of them are indignant about giving, oh, I've been doing it for so long. I said, look, as far as the insurance company is concerned, if you don't meet the criteria, you're not insured. You know, you need to be qualified and they don't want to. So you need to tell me. And then I would interpret your um, your qualifications and tell you whether you fit within the parameters of the insurance compliance or not. If you're somewhere close, we can give you insurance. But you need to do this before we renew the following year. You need to do the basics. Have you got your current first aid? No? Well, you shouldn't be teaching. You need to have somebody there at every class who's qualified in first aid. People don't know that because they're not going to be uh, – uh, applying the appropriate duty of care if they don't have that. Someone can find a hole and say you're negligent and the insurance company doesn't want that. So I'm I'm on that end of the business side and the reality check. Um, you know, yeah, I use my marketing skills to to guide people, but there's, as I say, there's a lot of good people out there. Um, I find I, I have a, a, a quite a broad range of skill sets in, in various different areas, but and only limited specialty areas. So um, you can't be over everything. And also um, technology is changing. Uh, circumstances are changing. Uh, student needs uh, are changing. Yeah, the, the, there's this, uh, yeah. So the number, one, the number one question that people ask me, how do I get more students? That's it. <laughs> and I say, say, look, have you built your profile up? Have you got a website? Have you got a, a Facebook? Oh, I've got Facebook. Is it active? Uh, no. Uh, well, I think so. So what you need to do, what's a profile? So if you think about a student, they want to be able to look to their instructor and brag about you as their teacher because that reflects on them being good. So they want to say, my teacher is this, that is fantastic. He does that. Have a look at him on, online. Have a look at my teacher. This is my teacher. That's why I'm so good. Even if I'm not so good, I, I feel as though I can make a claim of that. So if you understand the psyche of the student, you just play that game. I remember when I was, um, every time I was teaching, I was going, I had a, a big hall and parents would come in and they would say to me, are you qualified? And I'd have to have this conversation to justify that I was qualified. So what I did, I put cutouts and photos of me in train on a big laminated board and I put a couple of them and I actually had a few articles. So when I'd come in now, they'd come in and talk to me. I'd just say, oh, this is the couple of things that we, you know, I've done over the years. This is a bit of the school history. Oh, where do I sign? complete just negate the conversation so if you've got a good website a good facebook it's active it looks credible and you have good brochures people are just gonna go well you've got the classes and then when you meet them face to face it's all professional they go right i want to join this school and then they bed down and they decide whether they like the curriculum and so forth there's other elements but you want to get them into the door by doing making sure all those are right if you've got videos of you talking and presenting um 
you put those in there as well, some of your achievements and, and trophies. It's, people are so scared to put, you know, stand in the box and say, there, hey, I'm really good. You know, there's a point where you can do it as a third person. And, and that's what it changed when I did. I had, I was, I'm quite, I'm quite reserved, English reserve, you know, and I wouldn't normally get up on the soapbox and say, I'm pretty shit on this, this and this. But now I'll say, look, I'm going to put down for my achievements and you can make a decision yourself. And it does positively influence about 80% of the people that see it. 10% perhaps think you're an egotistic maniac. And uh, 10% are indecisive. And, and I always work for the 80%, like most of us all should. <laughs> so. <laughs> that, that resonates with me so much. But, but you know what? The, the 80%, the, the, I think the perception that you think the people that I think you are showing off, the only people that would actually really think that would be the other instructors <laughs> that don't have their profiles up. Because, yeah. and, and you, know, you, you know, that's not who you're trying to impress anyway. You're trying to... You, you, you're trying to install trust really with trust the exactly right. and, and, and to show, you know, like, um, yes, I've got this problem. I want to train martial arts. Um, but why can you help me? You know, I, I, I need to answer that in my head before going ahead is cool. This is what I want to do, but how do I know, how do I know you can help me? And, you know, the, the old saying of it, you are as good as Google says you are, because if people can't find you and they can't, find that information they're going to get their own assumptions and you better not hope that it's coming from a you know some dodgy forum where people are just bad mouthing each other and and that's the things that they come up so you know i'm, I'm i really resonate with that because that's a big thing that we talk about you know it's, it's really about that positioning and putting good information and content on your website and and pages that people can find you and then make an educated decision that obviously yeah. when they walk in that they can say uh, that, yeah, and obviously when they see you, that it's congruent with what they've seen. The message that they have seen with online resonates with what they see when they when they meet you as such. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So look, a lot of people don't do that. They're too reserved, and they don't get students, and they don't they don't get the yeah you know, they don't get the students and the revenue, and they get disgruntled. And, and there's going to be some fantastic teachers out there that just um, just fall out of it because they just don't get the students and the revenue. But it's, um, they can't all have the broad-based skills. And uh, a lot of them don't feel uh, they have the, the place to go to ask people. So we want to be the place to go where we can put them in touch with people. Um, if we don't, can't do it ourselves, there's a, lots of the places that we can put them in front of. Uh, because we'd rather see those, those good instructors who are doing a good job in the community prosper um, so they can st still stay out there. So that's, that's probably part of it. But, uh, yeah, promotion, promotion is, um, is, is the key. Uh, because imagine when someone comes up to you. They've only come to your door because they've just Googled you. You know, they've got there because they've got some base information, made that decision because everybody's time poor. They want the information they want to see. They want to go, is confident, is, 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 is they've got good classes, it's in a location that I want, the instructor's qualified, it's got a bit of a profile. So they're ticking off all the points that satisfy them. And then they'll just say, oh, has it got a free entry? Yeah, I've got a free. Oh, and it's not a free program. It's an intro program. It's $50, $50 or $99. No, I'm okay. I'm, I'll pay that and I'll join in. Um, a lot of people are giving everything for free. And we know that free is not always a good thing. Um, so um, a lot of the guys that I'm talking to now are actually doing an intro program where they pay and it gives a uniform, allows them to fit in a lot easier, and then they feel part of the school. They made a commitment both sides, and then they can upgrade them just before that. 
intro program. That's been the most successful stories that I'm hearing. Definitely. Um, yeah. Awesome. So let's let's dig a bit deeper in, into marketing because you know that's 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 a topic I like to dis- discuss, and you know you've yeah. got a, no- a lot of knowledge about that. So what is what is your you know behind the website and the the, the profile and so forth? What what is your that big picture guidance that you'd like to give instructors moving forward with with growing their school? Um, well, using what we do is not always the same. It's not always relating to what a martial arts school owner does. So uh, if I said to you, I have 25 websites, you probably wouldn't know that, but I've got 25 different websites. We've got different industries and different areas where we want to move our competition out of the space in Google. So we do that by multiple domain names pointing and redirecting, getting all the the appropriate uh, wordings for the search strings, having the right content, not duplicating content, and and just making sure every page is, is targeted for what we want to put out there. School owners can have more than one website. So, for example, people don't take up the advantage of what we have. We've got a school directory in there, which is one place where someone can find you. You can set it up as a profile. You can link it to your Facebook. You can link it to your phone. It's free. Okay. You can do that. You can have your Facebook. You can have your Twitter. And you can have um, a mobile app, which you can get from us for free as well. So the mobile app will squeeze everything in there. It can it can put the other social media and your website in that one hand. So you've then got one, two, three, four places where people can find you. You've got your own website. And if you want, you can get another website and call it a different name and point it. You can actually put your name. Uh, if you've already got an existing school which says it's John Smith's Karate in Bentley, why not put John Smith's Karate in uh, Fitzroy? It's if that's a branch and do a separate site for that. A separate site. And you can do all those things. So you can actually bump out the spaces, but also make everything specific. So understanding how all that works to get maximum space and multiple spaces to push out your competition is important. That's an area that I've learned, but I haven't got a head around. And that's changing, with, obviously, with Google algorithms as well. But I have people over here that are really experts who keep in touch with all that. Everything we do, we have experts in different fields that we they're constantly working on it and we're relating that information and working out what our needs are. And the same thing, we're looking at instructors and saying, what do these school owners need? You know, what's pushing them out? Why aren't they getting the, the, why aren't they getting the right position? So we're, we're helping and working as it's all changing, trying to give them the best position to be found. And what are you teaching? You know, if the instru- you look at someone's site and you say, I don't know what you're teaching there. You know, what, what is your product? You know, I can't even see your timetable. People are lazy. They want to look at you. Look at the product that you're selling. They want to look that you're qualified and look at the timetable and know how to contact you straight away. You haven't got that call to action. You know, there's no incentive. So, um, you know, we just, everything we do is all based around that. But um, the, the other thing is, is uh, I guess, is passive income. You know, um, you're only getting paid when you've got instructors in front of you. You know, I, I wasn't content with that. I want to be earning money while I'm asleep. So I created... Um, uh, you know, passive income um, earners, so from, from drawing from different countries and, and uh, different time zones. So instructors can do the same. They can have an instructional curriculum, a video curriculum. Uh, they can have a, a by correspondence course that people can 
they, as their profile grows, that people will come in different countries and go, oh, I've heard of that guy. I would love to train with this guy. How can I get access to him? And they go, oh, he's got, a, he's got an instructional course. And some people say, oh, but I, I can't grade him. You can watch my videos. But people don't understand the full package that motivates someone to actually buy their product is they want the credibility. They want to learn the skills. They want to be validated for the skills and assessed and say, hey, look, I'm this grade. So we've got to feed all those areas for the person to say, yeah, I'll pay your subscription. I'll learn from you. Um, so th those things are available, and that's what we're building on. We want um, we want school owners to have um, a passive income. Let, let's let's go a bit on, onto that because I know you've you've put in a you were sharing earlier how this the infrastructure that you've put in with the video broadcasting and things that you've set up for yeah. instructors. And then I would like to finish up with uh, a exciting project that you are doing for martial arts students. But but yes. first, yes, if we can if we can talk about the video the video project and and so forth. Yeah, we um, we created a full time facility. It's um, uh, yeah, uh, amongst other things, it's a video studio. Um, it has various different movable sets from action to instructional to um, news desk, sports lounge, and all that sort of stuff. So we've opened that up to school owners who can come in there for a uh, depending on their profile. Uh, we will film them for free and we'll do a profit share in selling their product. Okay. Uh, some who haven't got a profile means that you have to do the work. Um, we're not going to invest in you unless you've got a, a good curriculum uh, and present well and we can market you. So if we have to do all those elements for you, you've got to pay. But with the facility is there, it's an economical way for them to raise their profile and, uh, and develop a, um, a passive income. So uh, we know the stats we know the people who are doing it well, how much they're earning. So we know that know it's out there. They can get a good return on their investment. Um, but moving on to that, the new project um, is Action Star, Action Star TV series and competition. So that's particularly exciting for me because I was involved in one 10 years ago, uh, K-Star, where it was a search for the next Jackie Chan Jet Li. Very, very exciting. So now we've brought it back and we've developed it ourselves. We, we developed Action Star Entertainment with uh, two other partners, Glenn Coxon and Peter Malonis. Uh, and we've uh, commandeered or we've actually got alliances with uh, the Stunt Academy and Anima Studios and so forth. Uh, and what it brings together is a TV series where uh, any individual, whether in the sporting industry, fitness or martial artists, potentially martial arts, there's more of a demand for martial artists. You can walk into a competition, you can do some performance, you'd be trained in stunts and acting and win a movie role and be movie star straight away. So you don't have to do multiple auditions as an actor, train and all this. You can walk off the martial arts, the, the, the audition floor and walk into a movie role and with all the training and preparation and enabling you to do what you do. And then it's up to the individual if they take it any further. So we're very excited about that. Uh, a bit like, uh, so you think you can dance or Australia's got talent. But the, the grand prize um, for this year, 2017, is they go they fly to Hollywood. Uh, they've got uh, training in the Stunt Academy, they've got acting, and they've got movie roles. So it's pretty exciting. Wow, that's that's awesome. So how can how can martial arts school owners benefit from from the the action style? Great question. Um, what they get to do they they send their students into um, the competition they will get the kudos of creating a pathway for their students to become movie stars. That alone 
is a great benefit. But what we do is we validate their input and we we actually post their school that their the students need to be represented by a martial arts school. So are the connections there. So they get the opportunity to uh, the, the instructor gets to brag my students entering into the action style competition. They get to, it's, it's big news. He may be the next Jet Lee. He may be the next Jackie Chan. So they've got the opportunity. So they can ride on that promotion. We'll give them the tools to, to raise their profile by being part of the Action Star program. So that's the main thing. I think, um, A, the students are going to get some students from this, but they need to validate. And also in part of the filming, we include the instructors from that school as well. And they can actually help them with the, uh, the fight choreography for that school and get the kudos for actually helping them with their fight scenes and stuff like that as well. Yeah, there's, there's lots of benefits for the school owners. Don't you worry about that. That's, that's you know, and, and going back to what, what we were talking about, about your profile and so forth, having, just having, even if they just actually enter, um, just having that as part of that movement would, would give you so much traction. Yeah, yeah. It's something to talk about on social media. Oh, follow John. Vote for my vote for my student. They get to vote. They get to vote as well, you know. And then you see who's really popular, and they write it up. And I didn't know young Johnny was that popular. He's got thousands and thousands of people voting for him. I make sure I look after that student, but it should be anyway. But you just find <laughs> a little bit more about what's going on. Then you think about an idea that will complement Action Star. What else can I do in the community that will give me that sort of traction and attention? So it opens up the mindset to thinking that worked about action star. Look at the following and the voting. What elements in there that really triggered the community to respond? And then you work out your own next um, campaign. So it, it just stems from there. Awesome. Graham, it's been great chatting to you. For Where can, where can martial arts school owners get in touch with you for this or, or anything else that we've discussed? Um, yes, yeah, look, the, um, the competition... Uh, they can go to actionstar.tv, so www.actionstar.tv. Um, Kapow TV, kapow.tv is a lot of our videos and um, free free videos and stuff about a lot of things that we've done. And, of course, if someone wants help in the business side of thing and insurance, you can go to martialartsaustralia.com.au. And that's your account. Awesome. Graham, awesome. Great chatting to you. We'll have those links in all the show notes, and I'll definitely – would like to follow up this conversation and and uh, do this again. Yeah, well, thanks, George, for having me on the show. Hopefully, I've been some help to some people and got a few messages out for them. Yeah, it's been a great, great working with you. Thanks, George. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you, Graham. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And I'm really excited about the video project that they have happening. Really, really exciting stuff. If you need help with your marketing, we have just started releasing our workshop, weekly workshop that we've been doing, which is at martialartsmedia.com forward slash workshop. And what I've been doing is I've unpacked everything out of my mind about what we do and how we help martial arts school owners. And I've put it into a visual presentation. It's interactive. We cover a lot of ground and I'll give you the core foundations of what it takes to position yourself as the authority martial arts school in your area. So it's, it's a really exciting workshop. I put a lot of time and effort into it. And uh, frankly, I should probably be charging for the workshop. Um, but it's my way to get my message across and, and the value that we provide. So it's, it's arguably one of the best 90 minutes you will spend 
on your business. And if you just apply one of the things that, that I mentioned in this, in this workshop, it's, it's, it could be worth a lot for you. So I highly recommend it. It's at martialartsmedia.com forward slash workshop. Jump aboard and check it out. And I hope to see you on one of the, one of the workshops. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us. As I mentioned, show notes as well, martialartsmedia.com forward slash 36. And look forward to seeing you again next week with another awesome guest or solo show. That'll depend. We'll have to see. I have a few great guests lined up. So that's it for now. Have a good week. And remember, we got the bonus of the, the uncut conversation with Graham and I when the music finishes. So if you, if you want to hang around, listen to that. I'll chat to you soon. Cheers. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com. G'day, how you doing? I'll, I'll put the video on, although I'm a... <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit the same with uh, my background, uh, but that's all right. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've been... Uh, I, I used to do the... I, I really wanted to do all the interviews in video, but uh, um, when, I, when I ran into a few audio areas, I, I decided to, you know, the, the recording is just much better and it's better for us to edit and, you know, if there's ums and ahs and things... So yeah, we just I, I try and stick to a, a good audio rather than the audio video. But good to meet face to face. Yeah, way. yeah, George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a few of the guys have told me about you. So just uh, what's the time difference there? Is it eight o'clock there or eight. is it seven o'clock? It's eight a.m. So, oh, it is. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. I thought you were more than that, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So um, I had a look at a couple of the other ones, uh, the, the setup and so forth. It's great that you're sharing uh, the information and, and skills, you know, knowledge of, of other people. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's been it's it's been. So uh... I'm, just, I'm just finishing my coffee, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now um, I've I've got a few notes down here. I just, what did you want to achieve? Did I, I thought perhaps it was uh, some messages that you. Uh, that you work with people to to get across something like you know um, what elements or what statements that um, help other people. So within within our conversation, is there something that I have that I can actually help other people? I thought probably that might be part of your inclusion. Yes. So the the you know for for me the the interviews are always I never know. I never know what I'm going to get, you know, in, in, in essence, you know, like we, I might have an idea, look, it, it'd be okay to discuss this, but I mean, the real, the real value always comes out in the conversation. So, yeah. which is why I try and keep it very, you know, my, my, my biggest questions that I've probably prepared is, um, uh, who's Graham Slater? <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's just to lead in the conversation and, and I guess elaborate just from your story, where you started, how you got into things. And when I, when I find things that are, that I feel would be of good value, I, I try and, 
I try and just take the the questioning a few layers in um, sure. that that we can elaborate on that. Um, but from your from your perspective, is there anything that you feel that 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 comes to mind that you'd really like to like to share? Yeah, I guess um, I've done quite a, quite a lot of interviews over the time, and I'm always trying to put out a message that will that will resonate with some people that will give them some value. Uh, as the martial arts has given me a lot of value. Um, and that's why I do my full-time career, but it's individuals there that have made statements I've either trained with, I've spoken to, that have actually influenced me. And, um, you know, after, well, I'm into my 44th year of training in martial arts. So I'm in a unique position because probably the past 20 years, all I've done is actually work with other school owners. So on a business level, uh, listen to the industry, what does the industry need? Uh, people were crying out to me. What really motivated me, and I, I sort of dismissed it for a couple of years, was uh, the insurance issue. Probably nine, eight, 18, 19 years ago, there was uh, major issues where the insurance companies had just went away. They just hiked the prices up and uh, decided that they're going to pick and choose who they're going to cover. So there's all these schools out there that couldn't get insurance, so they're operating without insurance or closing down. And I went, wow, okay, I heard that for a couple of years. Graham, you can do something about this. I said, how can I do something about this? Well, you can speak to them. You know, you've got a group. You can go in there and negotiate something. And I go, okay, uh, I'll do that. And before I knew it, I was actually the savior. You know, we, we, said, we got a group fund. I actually um, exaggerated our, our numbers at the time for the insurance companies. And being an insurance broker now, I know how that can influence people. They see the numbers, they go, oh, the broker said, yeah, oh, we'll be in that. We'll give you a great rate. So uh, that's how it really started. And um, I thought, well, it's really helping people because people were telling me, you know, I can't, um, I can't operate. I can't open up the doors. All of a sudden, I had, um, I had a, a solution that they could get um, insurance for half the price they were paying. That's how it started. And all of a sudden, we got a lot of attention and more people grew. And then we realized that they weren't covering every style. You know, BJJ, uh, kickboxing were being ostracized or they could only do a percentage of that. You know, try telling a, a Muay Thai practitioner you can only do 5% of Muay Thai. You've got to do karate and taekwondo and yoga style. They go, I don't even do those. So obviously the insurance is not going to cover them. So, and then we, um, we then incorporated those. We went offshore. There was offshore ones that would cover them. Uh, fortunately, there was no claims. I don't know whether they would have paid out. But that also put pressure on the local insurance companies when I went back to them and said, look, we're giving 40% of our business away to this offshore people because they cover kickboxing and you don't. Oh, well, how do we get that business? Well, you need to cover everybody. You need to cover every style. So I wrote up all the definitions of every style for the insurance companies. Said these are the guidelines. This is how we rate them. This is the risk factors. So once I gave more information, because they didn't know anything about martial arts, and that's why they were jumping. So what's the difference between a Kyokushin roundhouse kick, Morishigeri, and a Mutai kick? Oh, we don't cover the Mutai kick. We cover the Morishigeri. And that was just ridiculous. So. That's oh. the sort of stuff that we were up against in those early days uh, to be educated the insurers. So that's what I started doing. And, and then from there, um, you know, it's like trying to, what else can we do? You know, people were looking for my instructor. I, I was started in 1973. I'll just bring you up to speed. And yeah, it's, yeah all, that's awesome. it's all these, these influences and these experiences that actually got me to here. I wasn't supposed to be an instructor. You know, I just fell into that role. So I started in England in 1973 with the gang warfare of Liverpool, England. 
and uh, big gangs beat you up for no reason it, on an everyday occurrence. So you either have to run fast or hide or do some. You know. In the end, I, I found uh, learning from books and I did a bit started a Goju school over there. And when it came to Australia in '75, I started up in Kyokushin, uh, Kenshin Ken, and kickboxing. So I was doing three styles at once. And then uh, my friends of mine were doing Aikido and Jiu-Jitsu, so we played around with those. So I was always open. I had I met some people that said, how can you do more than one style? You've got to practice one style. That's it. I said, well, I can, you know, one style isn't, doesn't cut it for me. Well, A, I can only train twice a week at this school, and I want to train every day. So I didn't have an issue. It's like doing English and maths and German and French. You know, you could use different subjects. So the, that's how I uh, approached the different uh, disciplines. So I didn't have a problem uh, learning them. I just didn't listen to those people who said you can only do one. So um, <laughs> after doing that for many years, I, um, I in 1980, I started another school, a Shodokan Shodokai school, and uh, he encouraged me to open up a school uh, under him when I was a brown belt, and um, I had no idea. Um, but anyway, I just, um, within a year, he'd um, left disappeared and said, you can have my two schools as well. So I inherited two schools. I was running two schools. I had four schools and I had very little experience. So uh, fortunately, I met up with an, a Japanese group uh, in 1982 and actually turned full time as a gym instructor and um, a martial arts instructor. So I was really training six hours a day uh, as well, you know, doing three aerobics classes a day and two to three uh, karate classes, as well as doing gym workouts and assessments and training for people. So I was very much into the health and fitness side of things. Um, I then um, went had my first trip, trip to Japan and then it, it all changed. Um, I got my knee down in 1983 in Japan and just that whole process of training, uh, the six hours a day here helped prepare me for, for training over there where I was training uh, three to four classes a day, um, which was killing, killing me. I lost about seven kilos um, in three weeks. and <laughs> So th just those experiences brought me to change my mindset. Um, and then um, the other change which got me into the um, sharing and, and stuff and, and forming associations was watching other uh, – I saw the guild open. I saw these other associations where other instructors were sharing their knowledge and skills. So I thought, look, you know, I can't go to train with my instructor all the time, so I'll, I'll learn from – uh, anybody I can locally and uh, so I just made friends with people I wouldn't mind rocking up to someone's school and say hey I'm Graham can I train with you you know and I did that a, a fair bit as well um, some people would find that um, um, I suppose confronting uh, for both the instructor and, and themselves but um, I was just there learning some people took advantage of me wanted to you know beat my crap out of me and stuff <laughs> but you know I just kept coming and turning up and uh, most people were quite receptive and um, you know, I just shared and, and I made great relationships and friends. Uh, in 1990, I formed the Circle of Knowledge because I actually lost my instructor then. So I didn't have a teacher, and I haven't had a teacher since then up until Stan Smith about uh, 10 years ago. Uh, who, a, I couldn't really find an instructor who I would respect on all these multiple levels of character, um, you know, technique, understanding, philosophy, experience, someone that I wanted to say, yeah, I, I trust you to take me to the next level. And um, so I've been training with him for, for over 10 years now, um, continually. So, it's, you know, every day I train and I progress. Uh, I think I progress <laughs> or maintain something. 
But uh, going back to 1990, so, this, so for me, there's, there's points in my life and my career that I distinctly remember. I'm very blessed to have a, a memory that can actually put stamp codes on certain times of different experiences. And from that experience, I know why I moved in that direction and uh, not that, that direction. Yeah. Um, so um, once I formed that one, it was just like a non-for-profit thing. And then we started the Karate Alliance. And then we got people coming in there in a few different countries uh, because I used to travel around as well doing seminars in different countries um, that we got more people involved. And then um, people saying to me, what else can you do? And uh, some Kung Fu people saying to me, look, I want to join your association. I like what you're doing. You know, you're, you're sharing ideas, but I can't join a karate organization. Oh, okay. So we changed the name to Martial Arts Alliance. And then a lot more people came in. It was just crazy. <laughs> so uh, that was, it was simple like that. And then um, uh, we started spreading. We're in 15 countries at one stage. And um, so I was traveling and teaching different places. And, uh, and then I um, had an issue with one of my committee members. I'm not going to mention any names, so, which really collapsed it. And um, we, I then decided to concentrate on Australia. And I then thought, so, well, why not we just turn it into this part will be Martial Arts Australia. So we formed Martial Arts Australia. And then um, then it, it just got some, took up so much of my time and I had to close my schools. So I had to make a choice. Do I um, keep teaching and expanding my schools? At one stage, I was the chief instructor for Shodokai, responsible for about 12 schools, including the UK as well. So my commitments were spread, you know, and I was working full time, um, you know, in other areas. So I was in marketing and sales and so forth. Um, so um, I used the skills I learned in all the different industries I've worked in from construction to so forth. And I apply that into my business model. And um, then I formed, OK, so if I'm going to spend all this time in Martial Arts Australia, I need to be able to make a living like every other company that you work for. So uh, I changed the philosophy and uh, people saying, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. And I was thinking around what the association was supposed to be. And I looked at all the non-for-profit associations and I saw all these associations don't have any money. Everybody contradicts everybody. Everybody says they'll do something and they never do it. So I said, look, um, the people in my committee, I said, look, if you want to, you can contribute. Um, but you need to, we're going to form a, a new structure so that we're going to call it, we're going to a company. I'm going to invest a lot of money into this company. And if you want to be part of it, you can invest and you can have a say. But the only way that we will get be able to better serve the industry is if we have a structure. We pay people to do the work. We bring people in, we pay consultants, we pay staff, and we turn it into a, a proper company that can actually service the industry. So when I did that, it all changed. Um, I found, you know, I put in a lot of money into it myself, and I found the other people didn't want to do that. So I said, that's okay, you can still be committee members and stuff, but you don't have a say. So at the end of the day, I'll listen to you, but uh, if I don't like it or it's going to cost me money and I don't think it's appropriate, I'll just say, no, thank you, we're going this way. And it was some hard lines and you had to you know, make those choices, but once I've done that, it was okay. So yeah. then we, we, we got IT services, we got video production. I've always been interested in, in video production, in sharing skills and just capturing or telling a story. You know, So that's always been... Uh, part of my motivation as well. So, um, yeah, so it brings to the point where we are now and um, is we've now got an industry body that is more active than any other industry body. It has more services uh, than it has. Uh, people think that it's government funded because of all the things that we do. And I say, no, nah, we don't get government funded. <laughs> We'd love to have it, but um, if, uh, the compromise on government funding is they control 
and um, a certain compliances that don't allow you to do the things you want to do. So I just, I just want to, uh, sorry, Graham, I just want to go back. You mentioned that there's, there's sort of a message that you'd like to focus on. Um, yeah. Because there's so many directions we could, we could probably end up. Was, yeah. there, was there something that was particular that you wanted to, wanted to focus on? Um, look, I think, um, I, as I mentioned, that I, I spend my time now helping martial arts school owners. Now, there's people who are a lot better than me at the nitty-gritty uh, full-time schedule of, 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 um, of um, operating the schools. You know, there's people like Paul Vellman, there's uh, Vince Bussatel. There's some people who are really good. They've got four, five hundred or, you know, or even more students. So they found a way of doing it. So where I come in and help is my idea is, is helping with business structure, helping with accounting processes, uh, different IT services, video production, marketing on a different level, um, uh, extra credibility, um, the, the um, what we're thinking of, um, just thinking outside the box, coming from a different marketing perspective um, and assisting them with the, the overall function of marketing outside, marketing over here, uh, infrastructure. Um, so all the different business business elements, you know, whether how do you create a, a business, you know, a video, um, promotional video, how do you create, um, you know, posters and, and, and um, banners for, you, for your website? Now, how do you get um, uh, the traffic on there? So we, we've created all these different elements where we say, look, so you, you're starting out, you've got, you don't know how to um, formulate a, uh, a business plan or a um, uh, you don't even know how to create a business entity or what business entity. You don't know what insurance you need. So I explain those elements in the background of formulating this school. You know, how would you market? How's, what are the elements of marketing? No, go out and do that. So, look, I would recommend you to go to this person, this person, and, you know, you have to pay money for these people, but you'll get all the skill sets if you haven't got any skill sets. So we, we, we give them a reality check. And say, you know, don't expect to open up your school and start making a profit the first day and start complaining uh, because you're not making a profit. Most businesses fail. Given the reality, as we know, that, um, you know, going there, Optus came to Australia and said, we don't, when we first came over here, we don't expect to make a profit for three years. Well, they started making a profit with just over two years. But people go in with that investment. But a lot of people in martial arts have no idea. Um, I'm... The reason I, I sort of stayed in this area, this is probably the message I'm trying to get across, is a lot of martial arts school owners are missing out. They're, they're learning the skill with their instructor. They aren't going, so they said, open up your school. To open up the school, they go, I don't know what to do. They don't know how to form a curriculum. They don't know how to create a curriculum. They don't know how to promote the school. They don't know what structure or, or occupational health and safety they need. They don't know what insurance they need. All those background uh, elements, that's where I come in. That's my specialty in, in insurance and OH&S. And there's the coaching science. You know, people think that um, I get it all the time where they haven't got a curriculum. They're opening up a school. Oh, we don't really have belts and we don't really have a curriculum. So what do you do? Oh, we teach a bit of this, a bit of that. I said, well, you know, uh, oh, because we do it in this style. I said, well, look. Other people in your style do it differently to you. And it's because the teacher hasn't passed that knowledge on to them. So what will happen is these people go out there, they don't have any skills, and when they bring in the students, the students don't have a very good experience because the guys don't know how to teach properly. They don't know how to manage money, and they don't know how to market. And just, so I'm trying to help them give those students a better experience. 
and, and let them know what they don't know and then saying this is all available to you for free okay to this level if you want it more you can take it to the next level so that's really um what i've been trying to do and that's where the, where the message is is uh, the people who are really doing it successfully um like the big schools i come in and help them by certifying the, the instructors we have uh, accreditation we have uh, instructor courses that can help them as well um traineeships where the government supplies um uh, funding for the, the students' education. We can help in that area. So things where they're, they're on a different level. Those guys are on a, a really different level. Um, but we've got access to those. Uh, we work with government um, to assist if this, you know, as a voice of the industry. Because sometimes there's changes that affect and impact on, um, on school owners. So that's where I've sort of taken my space. So um, I find there's, there's a need for that. And every day I speak to somebody that they've got a They've got something to say that, you know, what's troubling them, you know, why isn't this and why isn't that? And um, some people expect that there should be a, a government body that actually supplies all this information for free. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. Everything needs to be free. <laughs> yeah, but not really. <laughs> no. Well, look, um, what I, some of the messages um, I do is I always do, you know, I say to instructors that you should always do something for you every day and I look at that and go are you working ethically you know um, if you're not make some changes you know are you doing the best you can do what are your strengths are you yeah. using your strengths just reevaluate take some time out refresh rethink uh, and then just go over I find I find the answers to issues if I spend 15 or 20 minutes just sitting down and meditating and we just don't spend the time to reflect and i think instructors should do that and not always be looking over their shoulder what their competition is doing um what their perceived competition is doing whether it be another school or whether it be a soccer club or football club but just to get on with the business of what they're doing and think about how they can do what they do much better yeah so that's the things i try to say to people yeah that's awesome. I was joking about the the free part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying because that's that's the expectancy. The expectancy is everything should be. <laughs> well, the big message here, George, and I, I, I want to get your perspective from it. I know you, you've been involved in talking to a lot of a lot of people now. What we've just done, we just bought a building, and uh, we've been leasing buildings for a number of years. And we bought a building and we've fitted it out as a martial arts business center. So. It's predominantly a video production studio. So we can do um, like a, a Graham Norton style, lounge style show. We can do a sports desk. We can do a performance stage. We can do instructional videos in a traditional style or a modern style. We've got a boardroom. We've got training facilities. And we built this purely to help the industry grow. So we're going to run workshops there that are free, we're going to do podcasts, we can do, you know, we're going to do little, uh, you know, webinars and stuff that there and, and videos. And that's what we've, we've created for. Nothing like this has been, is available around Australia. I don't think there's anything like this uh, around the world. It's just specifically for school owners. So we're going to run guest instructors to come over and do seminars and things like that. So we've just done, I don't know whether it's going to pay, but as I've, it's as some people would say, build it and they will come. But, if I found that martial artists are a little bit um, uh, hesitant, uh, a little bit in non-belief, non oh, no, you can't be doing that, you can't be doing that. But we've got other sporting groups that 
are jumping on board. We're doing sports news desks for those, like calisthenics and uh, baseball and so forth, netball. They can run their own uh, sports news desk there. We can do a live switch and send it out and broadcast it and so forth. But they can do that at a very, very economical rate, but they couldn't normally do that. So they can tap into our group network and then they build up their own following as well. So that's the sort of thing that we're doing on, on, on that basis. Um, we also um, joined a group. I've been trying to get this action star competition off the ground and we started it last year. But it was um, what it is, it's the, the search. The original one was 10 years ago. It was a search for the next Jackie Chan. So you could enter a competition, you could perform, and they'd offer you a movie contract. In the movies. I, I, saw, I saw you promote that on LinkedIn once. Search for next Jackie Chan. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so we're doing that this year, and this time we're actually sending them to Hollywood. So they win a movie contract, stunt training, acting training, and they go to Hollywood. So it's, it's like, wow. Um, we've got some very special guests, uh, some top-grade uh, movie actors that we're talking with at the moment to actually be attached to uh, this program. We can't release who they are just yet because it's a sort of negotiation, but they'll be in the TV series. And we've had talks with Vietnam, UK, Canada, uh, Germany, uh, uh, Sri Lanka to run the program, uh, run the show over there. So, you know, it's basically like uh, Australia's Got Talent, but um, it's a little bit more extensive than that. And this is going to help the industry because it means that people, martial artists, can tell their students that, hey, you want to get into film television, we've got a pathway for you. And they can put it to it. And that's what we're hoping to do, which will yeah, get more, that's awesome. into, yeah, more people into, into martial arts over other sports. So for us, an association, that gets more people buying insurance, more people training, doing our instructor courses, uh, doing an IT service or websites or mobile apps. So that's where we benefit is by, A, ethically, I want to help the industry grow because it's done so much for me. But, hey, we've got a, a commercial uh, interest in it as well. Yeah. Should we um, should we use that as the actual hook for the interview, the search for the next Jackie Chan? Or do you feel we should hang on to the, to the more the business aspect of it? I Look, you know what? That's really now. That is the now thing, and we are just about to launch. You know, it's it's a fantastic. If you think about a, a, an a inspiring actor, he'll go through multiple uh, auditions here, there, everywhere, ups and downs, prepare for things. Here, you walk straight onto a floor, and you go in there. And if you get, if you you just perform, do what you want to do. You can do reenactment. If you go through the second round, you're in the top twenty-one. You then get flown to. Uh, the 21 get flown to uh, the stunt academy and you get training in the stunt academy and then you go to the top 16 go into a live performance a big stage with all the actors and all the top people all the great judges and the winners from that will get the, the, the acting roles it's a fantastic journey but look that is pretty powerful and yeah. maybe maybe that is the thrust of where we want to go yeah we, look, we could have, we, I, I can hear we can have we can have multiple interviews over multiple topics um so you know, we, we might do a, a follow up after this one, but I, th I think it would be I think it would be fun just to um, uh, I guess break up. I, I, and I'm thinking from you know what you can share and what I've already put on the podcast. I'm yeah. I'm thinking what would really stand out from a different angle, and um, you know we could we could I, I could title it that, but obviously you know we'll we'll still start with you know your story and and you know the insurance things and then. 
you know, we'll, I guess towards the end, we can just lead towards a, um, you know, this pathway for students yeah. that want to want to create a movie career. And then what's the, where would people, um, I, I, I guess it goes with a question, you know, what, what would you like to get out of this? You know, what's the one thing, if we had to send people to a call to action and say, um, you know, if they want to find out about I think I think Action Star. I think Action Star. Uh, Action Star. TV. The site. Um, I think the focus this one could be for um, the Action Star. Those who've got a dream. Uh, those who got a dream and want to get into into the action movie world TV series and have some fun, they can do that. So that that's one thing. I suppose what I was trying to um, uh, impress upon you that I, I'm. I stumbled into a lot of the different areas, but you know, you're just going along in a direction, and you just with your eyes open, and different opportunities come. And I've always been one to just take an opportunity when it comes up, uh, just to stay in the space. But always knew that what I wanted to do. But uh, and when the opportunities came, I, I just don't. so I'm probably I've been blessed to have trained with some of the best people, best martial arts masters in the world, and and some of those I've just stumbled. I've turned up. To Japan, and someone like Kenazawa Sensei has just cancelled his Mexico uh, tour, and I'm right there. So I get to train with him and have uh, the opening of the Waza University with him, and go for the ceremony and train with all this. those things, and get offered offered to be graded by them. You know, and you just go. Those opportunities don't come across. And the next time I'm there, I'm at, I'm at the foothills of of Mount Fuji. I'm training in the Shintaido arts. I've got the founder of of Shintaido and training with him for the, for four days. So I've had all these fantastic opportunities um, around the world, which just fell in my lap. Um, but what I do with it now is um, I'm in a unique position, and uh, it's just I, I just work with instructors and try to use all of my experiences uh, from the different industries that I've worked in. And what I've I, I listen to other instructors, and all of their stories stay here in a flick card access for me so john in queensland in in 1983 told me bill in wa in 1993 said i've got one of these memories that this it's just a trivial memory it just it can just flick through different experiences because somehow i'm marking the ones that are relevant to me um you know i, I i've got a library here of books from japan uh from the early 60s martial arts i've got all, all the English ones, I've got all the American ones, I've got all the Australian ones. I've just got just rows and rows and rows of them in my, in my library here. So it's it's all there, and I've got them all in archives. So I've got video footage going back. When I first, uh, in 1980, I hired a video camera for $3,000 at that time in 1980 for a year. You know, And from that point, I got an interest in capturing you know, film, television, telling stories. Um, but it's just those experiences that help you do that. But I think the drive came from England. England, you know, the um, when I came to uh, Australia, I was very, very angry, very, very determined because of the 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 injustice of how people would attack without uh, would attack you without any any provocation. That is, what are you looking at, Graham? Can I can I can I stop you there? Because yeah. because we're sharing such good stuff and we haven't even hit record yet, <laughs> and and I'd really like to yeah if if we could jump in because yeah there's there's, there's really good information coming here. Um, I just want to 
I just want to yeah. quickly... Yeah, you haven't recorded any or... Uh, no, 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 we haven't started. Oh, sorry, I thought that's what we were doing. No, yeah. sorry. So, <laughs> okay. So, so, sorry about that. No, 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 because that's that's what I was I, I was um I was referring to earlier that we were, yeah, we. Yeah, so I thought we could just um um flick through. So that probably gives you maybe that's that's the sort of preamble, and then you can ask me um does it record? Then if you're editing it, you can just take whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, I, look, I have recorded it all, but yeah. but I haven't um. Yeah, we, we, we just I, I normally just start the podcast and then we then we start recording as such. So um Okay. I will I will I will see how I can transition that. Sorry, I thought that was I I, I was uh I, I thought I explained that. <laughs> okay, that's all right. It's 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 all good. So um I uh about the action style you you mentioned it's action style TV, is that right? Action style. Action Star. Okay. I just want to make sure we get... Okay. Actionstar.tv. Actionstar.tv. It's Action Star competition uh, that we've also got a seven-part TV... Oh, seven or 13-part TV series that we're running with it. And the, so web, follow, and the website is actionstar.tv. .tv. Okay, yeah. All right, cool. All right, awesome. I've got it, yeah. All right. So I'm thinking now because of what we've done here, and and you've you've shared quite extensive about your story. Do you do you mind starting from the beginning? And yeah, no, we, okay, sure. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. Okay, so um, I don't want to spend too much time on my my actual starting, but I'll probably pull out a few relevant things because. Um, I'll, 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 I'll just stop you, and then I'll just intro, and then introduce you, and yeah. then and then we'll 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 just we'll just get started. If that's if that's okay, okay. with you. Okay. All right. All right, awesome. All right, cool. Let's just make sure we are recording. Yeah, everything's good. All right, officially. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. 